Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And uh, well, as always, great to be with you here on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. We're on Sunday mornings from 6 to 7. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and all that the Lord is involved in his glorious kingdom. This is show number 900. And 91 that I've done so far, and uh, we've been doing this about 18 years. And today, uh, well, let me do this first. Four rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And uh, as I said, that's worked out pretty good through all these years. But I'm just happy to have back in the studio with me Brother Terrell Todd, who was recently the pastor of Evangel Assembly of God. And Brother Todd, I went back in the, the little cards that I have y'all normally fill out. The last time you were here was in January of 2011. Well, thank you for having me back. Welcome to the show. Come up just yeah. a little bit closer, if you okay. will. There we go. There we go. It's good to have you back. Thanks. Congratulations on 991 shows. It's just amazing how quickly that time has gone by. I started on WCVC, 1330 AM, the Christian Voice of the Capitol, and then I went from there to TAL for a year, and then been on this station ever since. Wow. And uh, it's a God thing. It really is. And That's I do great. appreciate uh, WTSM for allowing this show to happen because uh, we talk about the church, and that's been my focus all along. We've always just talked about the church, but we take a little variations from time to time. But mostly we stay with those four rules, and it's served me very, very well. And I've had people from all different denominations and things, and, and a lot of parachurch ministries, and then sometimes it's just me. <laughs> but today it's me and you, and I'm excited to have you here. You, How long now has it been? What, two weeks since you retired? I, I, my last Sunday was September the 13th. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, does that word really work for a preacher? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so either. I, you know, I don't think it's, it's some, some refer to it as retirement, but it's just it's just a, a change of focus. A change of focus yeah. in life. And yeah. uh, and are you kind of saying, Lord, now what what's next? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I, I, you know, as we were talking earlier, I, we're someplace between the vision, someplace between the vision and the uh, the destiny. Right, and uh, you know, God, you just have to count God faithful every day. And I, when you said that earlier, before we went on there, I had to ask. I said, "Okay, so the the revelation is God said, hey, it's time. It's time to.' You're, I'm, I finished with you, and he uh, said, 18 years yes, you were an evangel, right? And uh, you look back on it, and you feel good about it." Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's the greatest congregation. Know, I know you've got a great church, but let me tell you, Evangel's the greatest congregation in the world. Well, I think every pastor should people. feel that way about yeah. their church. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about others. Well, I, 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 do, I do have one person, one pastor that told me he was uh, 59 years old. He says, my goal before I turn 60 is not to be pastoring this church. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I don't think he was real happy with his congregation, but I'm like you. I, I've... I've done this. We've been pastoring the church that we're pastoring for 42 years, my wife and I. Wow. We've pastored probably about 10 different churches in that period of time, but we've just stayed in the same place. So we said, well, we stay, the congregation moves. Most of the time, it's the other way around. You know, the average person stays in a church, they say, for about three years. Is that right? Yeah, and then they, they, they transition for whether it's a geographic move or, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, there's about a three-year lifespan. I didn't know it was average. That, I didn't know it was that small of a number. So thank yeah. God for all those that are with you for ten and twenty and thirty <laughs> that's and 40 right. years. That's right. And the thing about it is that uh, uh, everybody that's come through, we we've loved all of them. And then some of them, uh, uh, when they left, it just really left a hole in your heart. <laughs> it really did. And I had a pastor tell me one time. He was a, a former pastor, and then he became an evangelist for a while. And he would come through and hold meetings for us. And he told me one time, he says, sometimes it just takes one family coming into your church that can just really change the whole dynamics of things. And he was right. And we've had that happen three or four times. And, and you can almost mark it. They were here for eight years. I don't know what it is about eight years. But when they about get approaching the eight years, I start getting nervous. <laughs> and sure enough, and, I, and every one of them that of these particular families that came in, and just they just come in, they get involved, they they work with you, they they bless you, and then God moves them. <laughs> well, you know, it seems to me that Tallahassee has got three cultures or three 
dominant groups of people in this town. You know, you, you, first of all, you've got the those that are part of the political processes, those that are, are working with the state, and uh, they're coming in with the legislature and that kind of thing. And then you have the university communities, and then you've got the private community. And many in the private community here, they moved here from Georgia or from right. Alabama or West Florida or someplace. And it seems to me that the private community in Tallahassee are the ones that remain. They're the ones that, that put down roots and stay that the other two-thirds that they're there's gonna right. be some transition the same thing that brought them here will be the same thing that'll take That's them away exactly right. <laughs> and you're right yeah. you're, you're right about that and and yeah. let me thank you those everyone yeah every one of them that you described that i'm thinking of were either state or were they with the university and, and you, you know, we pastored in Chicago for 14 years, and we found that there was a lot of transition, a lot of turnover there, because uh, big business would uh-huh. transfer people all around the nation, right, and right. sometimes internationally. And sometimes they come, uh, what the, what is described as being at the pleasure of. And so that means if uh, if they're with a particular uh, governor, maybe they've they're come to work for that governor, and when that governor goes, they go. That's right. And that's just the nature of living in a political town, such as we are. And as you say, as a university town, it does keep the pot stirred a little bit there. That's right. And uh, but then again, it also because the uh, it's fluid. The probability of new people coming to your church is also there too, because people are looking for churches when they come to town. That's now, absolutely true. Now, the Evangel Assembly of God. Uh, when you became the pastor there, you had you transferred from another organization. That's right. That's okay. right. I was I was with the Pentecostal Holiness denomination, and I became Assembly of God. And and that's an easy thing to do. Well. Uh, it wasn't a wasn't a just an easy transition. I mean, I had to go through all the all the take all the tests, mm-hmm. and uh, they did transfer in the licensing, but not the ordination. Oh, is that right? So okay. I had to go back and get reordained and take I all didn't, the tests. I didn't and, know that you could but, even. But do I that. really didn't mind it yeah. because I needed to read. Uh-huh. I needed to read about the history and sure. the polity, and even some of the doctrinal emphases, and so it was good. So to me, that is very important. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to be a part of an organization, I want to know something about them, and uh, and I'm also a little bit of a history buff. I like I like history, <laughs> and so I want to find out how did this whole thing get started and that sort of thing. Of course, now you're you were going from one Pentecostal group to another Pentecostal group, which made the transition a little easier. That's right. As such. That's right. But now you you grew up in Tallahassee, right? I did. Okay. I attended Rickards High School. Is that right? Yeah. And so uh, you went to Chicago. What happened? What brought you to Chicago? Well, we we actually had uh, we lived in Virginia Beach. I was part of the CBN and Regent University ministries, oh. uh, the Seven Hundred Club, sure, uh, for about ten years, and then we moved to the North Shore of Chicago to plant a new church. I okay. wanted to plant. You know, Paul said, "I don't want to go build on another man's foundation." And so I wanted to plant in a major metropolitan area where the gospel was, the, the, the voice of the gospel was faint. And so we went to the North Shore of Chicago, which is predominantly Roman Catholic and Jewish. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And so, uh, and we were there for 14 okay. years. Let me, let me back up, up a little bit. So you, you, you were raised here in Tallahassee. And where did you go to college? Emmanuel, I think we you went said. to Emmanuel College in Franklin Springs, Georgia. Okay. So that's what got you originally away from Tallahassee. So now you're at Emmanuel. I'm assuming that you met your wife there. Met yep. my wife there, and then we, we uh, went on staff at Trinity Chapel in St. Augustine. Okay. And we were there for several years, and then we moved to Virginia Beach, and I pastored, and I did a graduate degree at Regent University, and then I was on staff with CBN. I was actually a segment producer for the 700 Club television program. Uh, for a season oh. fe- featuring Regent University, and then I ended up the as the vice president for student affairs and the chaplain. Is that at right? Regent, and we left there, moved to Chicago to plant a church. We were there for fourteen years, and then we came home, and uh, we came home in two thousand and two, and pastored Evangel for the oh. last eighteen years. So it's, it's good to have these conversations because you learn something new about people. I didn't know about the the TV side of yeah. you. And uh, now you say uh, a segment 
I was a segment producer for the 700 What does that mean, a segment? Well, there are different segments in every television program. See, uh, the the, the challenge of a daily 90-minute television program is producing good content, good material. And so they would would employ segment producers who would be in charge of – some would produce interviews – uh, some would go on the road and, and interview people who testified to healing. Some would go on the road and testify oh, really? and, and interview people who testified to coming to the Christ through that ministry uh, or to maybe seeing a miracle. And my my job in that, that particular setting was to produce segments that featured Regent University, okay. which was called okay. CBN University in okay. those days. Okay. So you did that, and were you pastoring at the same time? Uh, well, I did for a short time and, until it just got to be too much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you, had the, you had the TV background. Of course, now you also had television at Evangel. That's correct. Did that connect? I mean, oh yeah, because yeah. you knew less to think about Absolutely, the industry yeah. and uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed broadcasting. Right, and always right. enjoyed uh, that those opportunities. Well, it's it's it's, it's a good trade to know, <laughs> and uh, of course, you're at this stage in your life now where you're can't say, Lord, where am I going? You, who knows? Because you've got that background, <laughs> and uh, and I think it's a it's a fascinating thing. I, I've gone over to uh, the local station here a few times when uh, Paul Bass was a manager. Him and I became friends, and he had me come over and do little segments with him. And uh, it's just fascinating. To, it's a it's a different medium than what I do, because here people know my voice; they don't know what I look like, <laughs> and, and it's a little bit of a mystery. Well, well, well a lot of us, Jack, have faces that are made well. For radio. There you go, and I'm one of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't didn't like the television aspect, especially now. I'm, I'm 68 years old. I got white hair. Who wants to look at that? <laughs> but uh, uh, behind the radio microphone, as a matter of fact, uh, I don't know whether I've told you that I've written a book, and it's called Dreams and Visions and Stories of Faith. And uh, on the back cover, it talks about uh, a prophecy that was given over me by a, one of our pastors in Atlanta, Georgia. And I, I was walking out the door of the church. We had just finished up a service. And he just kind of turned around and looked at me with his eyes all big. And he says, God just gave me a word for you. And he says, I see you. And he took his hand. And I, and I really just can't see this, but you can see this. Just crossed my face. He took his hand across my face. And he says, I see you as a man with his face hidden. Wow. And, uh, and that I, would speak of podcasts. That well, it would. would. Radio, now, I had done radio previous to that, but it had been a long time because I was, I was away from radio for 20 years. And, but it was later, and God very clearly called me back to, to broadcasting. My wife said to me, she says, remember what Brother Seibel said over you? And I said, yeah. He said, she says, this does not qualify. <laughs> I knew what God was saying all along because God had been speaking to me right. going back to, to radio. But I can say, I'm the man with his face hidden. <laughs> Now, sometimes I'll be out around a community and somebody will say, uh, do I know you? Is it because they recognize, your they recognize my voice. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But, but the face, they, they don't. But TV, I mean, you got to, well, I don't know that you always have to look great, but you have to look presentable. <laughs> I mean, well, it puts about seven pounds on you. Yeah, and I don't yeah. need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, is Evangel still doing television? They are. are they? They, 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 they obviously they've during their they were on they were doing um, uh, doing stuff on Facebook as well as uh, as as well as YouTube. Uh, long before COVID started, but in addition to that, uh, oh, right. they broadcast yeah. on the Fox channels. Uh, their their primary Fox channels, and then the two auxiliary Fox channels every Monday and Wednesdays at eleven thirty a.m. Oh, in the morning. Okay. In I'm, fact, yeah. there, there's a lot of people. In fact, they, there are a lot of people that a lot of bars and a lot of restaurants in Tallahassee that will show Fox on their television sets and I've had a lot of people call me and say I, I saw you preaching in the bar <laughs> Good. today in, in such and such restaurant huh yeah. now, so I've not seen that but then I'm normally not watching television uh, and I'm not a well I, I like in the evening sometimes I, I watch television but uh, I don't uh, uh, most of the time I'm here yeah. <laughs> I'm right where you see me right here uh, early in the morning I'm usually here doing some kind of broadcasting but uh, uh, I've not seen that but I, uh, the Fox channels because you've got like Fox uh, uh, it's 40 
No, wait a minute. Wait. Okay, 41, 42, 43. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's something for people to And it in. goes up into Georgia, and it's, it's all around. Huh, how about yeah. that? So, uh, talking about the pandemic, and, and we're still here in this time. I mean, uh, things have changed. Thankfully, it seems to me like it, we're getting a little bit of a handle on it as far as uh, medications and things. Um, the early days, when I'm talking about the early days back in February, March, we, we really didn't know much. And there's a lot of guessing going on. Uh, our president just experienced it, survived it. Uh, our coach here in Florida State uh, got it, survived it. Uh, Nick Saban from uh, Alabama, which I think there was a, a major miracle going on there because he seemed like he got over it awfully fast. He seemed to, didn't he? <laughs> he seemed to. Yeah. And so you, and, and you've handed me something here. This is something that you've been thinking about. Well, you know, the, the, this pandemic has created a lot of stress. And, and, and let's be honest, you know, I never dreamed that I would see a pandemic in my lifetime. I thought we had too many scientific advancements. I thought our medicine was too sophisticated. You know, we've seen endemics. We've uh-huh. seen, you know, we've seen Ebola right, in Africa. Right. And we've seen SARS in Asia. And we even saw mad cow disease over in England. Right. But they didn't really touch us. And it wasn't a pandemic; it was endemic, and 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 so or an epidemic. And so, uh, you know, suddenly we're faced with something we've never been faced with. And it, I've been concerned with all the stress that it's created. You know, my attitude was: I, I think when I first, back in January or maybe it's Christmas, when we first heard about this 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 virus, this right. coronavirus in China, I thought that's too bad. China's a long way from Tallahassee. And then suddenly it was in Iran. Mm-hmm. It just shows you how close the Chinese and, I remember and the Iranians when it was in are. Japan, and I remember hearing them that they were doing sports without people in the stands. That's when I first began to pay attention to what but, I heard that. But Iran and Japan seemed a long way off. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And then it spread to Italy. And I'm thinking, that's too bad, but at least there's an ocean between us. Uh-huh. And then it spread to London and then to New York and then to L.A., and then to Chicago, and then suddenly in Seattle, Washington, there's 30 people that die right. in a nursing home, and we think, man, this thing is coming home to roost. And now even here in Tallahassee, you know, I told you, uh, Pastor Jack, that, that since last Thursday, I got two phone calls, and two former church members had passed right here in Tallahassee from COVID. Now, it wasn't primarily from COVID. They had a other pre-existing conditions, but the COVID is what it took to take them out. Sunday night, a third former church member passed. In fact, we did one of the funerals today. And and, and what I see across America, and I see it in Christians, I see it in certainly in non-Christians, is I see a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and I see a lot of stress. And you know, stress, Brother Jack, a lot of people give different definitions for it. But I think stress is the is the the it's 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 feeling like things are not under control. Mm-hmm. It's it's feeling that it's 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 things are not right, I'm out of control, I, I don't know what to do. And we feel that way because here's a here's a, a sickness that you can contract and not know that you're mm-hmm. contracting it. Look what it's done to our economy is it's shut down. I mean, our we've got half the so-called experts are saying we need to, to shut down things in the in the name of, of keeping people healthy. And then we've got others saying, no, if we shut down everything, our economy is going to go right. to pot. Yeah, and, and, and it did. Know, yeah. And it's a, it's a tough choice. Yeah. And then we had all these government bailouts, which thank God that they, that they were able to make them. However, somebody's got to pay for them now. That's exactly And right. we're going to have to yeah. pay for them. Yeah. And so people are suffering financially. They just feel out of control. Yeah. And so I, th- I think I think for, for me, I think you've got to find, okay, you've got to get a sense that God is in control. Mm-hmm. And that he's using us, and that we don't have to be fearful about. And this I think thing. one of the things that affects people is the getting out of routine, because we we we're, most of us are people who we we lack our routine. That's right. And because it, it gives security, it gives boundaries. And uh, I'm one of those people. When I wake up in the morning, I pretty much know what I'm going to be doing that day. And uh, but all of a sudden, the, the routine is. It's gone. Well, 60%, they say 60% of people do not like change. 
I'm one of those. We all want progress. Now, think <laughs> right, about this. Right. We all want progress. We just don't want change. Right, right. But 60% don't like it, and they are what are called late adopters. You know, late I mean, adopters. I mean, there are some people who still have VCRs. <laughs> there's some people still they refuse to let go of their DVDs you yeah, know they just yeah. don't want to you see what I got I see what you got I see and I understand it I understand it but, just for the radio audience of what I'm talking about I'm pointing over here I've got a, a tube television set <laughs> over here and well, that's and that's not the only one that I own <laughs> see, see, see stress can create high blood pressure right heart problems it can create all kinds of physical issues and uh you know i I just think there's some ways that the bible tells us that we can overcome stress okay that we can you know i i think it starts with you know the bible says as a man thinks in his heart so is he and so we've got to renew our minds we've got to renew our minds with god's word we've got to learn to think the way god thinks and and you don't that doesn't happen just by just by going to church unless you're really hearing the word of God taught. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And so there's two things that Romans 12, 2 says that has to happen between our ears. Our thinking's got to be transformed and our mind has to be renewed Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And to be spiritually minded is to think thoughts consistent with what the Word of God says. And what happens is these old spirits of fear and anxiety try to come against us, and we have to replace it with what God's Word says. You know, the the, the anxiety will say, well, you're going to lose your job. Nothing's going to work out. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. I mean, go to the grocery store today. You can see inflation going on already. You know, what are you going to do? You can't afford this. You can't afford that. And we've got to say, no, God's going to supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's right. uh, But that's that's a hard thing, as you say, to as you control your mind to bring that thought to your to yourself because when like I say when you go to the store and there's no toilet paper, no paper towels and like I say no bottled water and you go, Well, this kinda of reminds me of a of a hurricane, which we're we're used to that here. That's right. But then you think, no, this is not gonna end in, in a week. I mean we're used to it. we have the hurricanes come. It may be it may be a month if if it, if we haven't been hit real hard, which fortunately here in Tallahassee we haven't in several years. But you say, well, that's it's going to get better here in a few months. And this, we keep hearing, well, it's going to be here until the spring. But then spring came and left, and it's still here. And now here we are in the fall. It's still here. It's and, still with us. Right. And, you know, and thank God that, that at least the ACC is playing the college football season. Uh, you know, For a distraction, on. you're right. Yeah, because right. we need that. Uh, but I would say that in addition to renewing our minds, that's what you just said. You've got to learn to control your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, remember that Paul wrote to the Corinthians in Second Corinthians ten. He says, "For though we walk in the, and he says, uh, we don't do warfare. Uh, let's see. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't do warfare according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. For the weapons of our warfare are not, not carnal, carnal, but yeah. they're mighty in God for the pulling down yeah, of strongholds. Yeah. Well, a stronghold is nothing more than a system of thought right. empowered by our emotions that holds us strongly." Mm-hmm. Right. And some of us have these systems of thought, and they're based in fear. They're based in worry. Yeah. You know, I had a grandmother who, bless her heart, she she seemed to just worry because she had learned to worry and didn't know how not to. See, was she one of these, when the phone rang, she'd go, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I've known people like that. She had a brother yeah. that, that drowned. Oh. And any time I would go swimming, I'd sure. hear the story again yeah. Yeah. because she was so worried something would happen to yeah. us. Well. You know, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. You know, and wow. if Jesus says, don't do it, and I say, no, yeah. I think I want to do it. Well, <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm setting myself up for stress. Sure, sure. Yeah, the, the term that I've heard was, is the, it's called brooding. And uh, I said, well, what is brooding? And uh, it's non-productive thinking. In other words, that you're, the same thoughts are going around and around and around and around in your mind, 
and you're not dealing with it. Yeah. And and that does stir up the anxiety. It gets you everything, the heart pumping and, and everything against you. And what you have to do, you have to take authority over that. And uh, you have to give it to God. That's right. Because it will. It will destroy you. That's right. And you've got, you've got to literally cast it down in the name of Jesus. And we've got the authority to do that. So now, God. but uh, you have a person who, uh, the news comes out, well, this, this virus is here. The governor is saying we're going to shut this down, and, and whatever the governor is saying is, shut, is going to be shut down. That's your job, and now you can't go to work, and that's also your livelihood. Now you're not going to get a paycheck. That'll cause your blood pressure to go up. That's exactly right. So, so how do you deal with it? Well, I, I have to go to the scripture where David says, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. Wow, and I've just got to I've got to believe God, and I've got to take take authority over those thoughts of fear. See, not only that, brother Jack, I have to tame my tongue. I have to make sure that my tongue is tethered to righteousness. You know, the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, Jesus said that men will be judged for every idle word that they wow. speak. Wow, James says the tongue. Is is a fire. Is a fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in other words, you know, I've created stress in my own life because of things I've said. And, and the thing the thing the things that you say also leads to your thought life. That's exactly because that's your confession. And Jesus said, Whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. And that mountain may be sickness, it may be debt, it may be financial uncertainty. It may be worry, but you can speak to that mountain and you speak your faith. In Jesus' name. Right. And, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But what about the person who has no faith? Well, I would say that uh, they are of all men most miserable because I've been thinking about about what, what, what do atheists, what do they do in the midst of the coronavirus? Because an atheist... They, they, they say, well, there is no God. We're right. just subject to time and to chance. And... Here's the wonderful thing I love about serving the Lord Jesus Christ is he's going to come back one day on a white horse and the book of Revelation says that he is a judge. He is a just judge and there's going to be a just judgment. Think for a minute with me, Pastor Jack, about the little children, maybe an infant that has been brutalized. I mean, where's the justice in that? There's no justice in that. However, as Christians, we know there's coming a day of judgment. There's coming a day when every wrong is going to be righted. There's coming a day that God is going to balance the scales. And, you know, his hands of judgment may move slow, but they move ever surely. And, and, and so here's an atheist who says, well, there's no justice in the world because there's no supreme authority. There's no God. Well, then they are made themselves of all men most miserable because they lack hope. Right. But right. we've got a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know, but I enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> see, well, the radio didn't see what I saw. I just saw my, my preacher brother just getting into, even getting into his preaching form there. It was good. Yeah, well, good. <laughs> well, we, we do. We've got to renew our mind. We've got to take control of our thoughts. We've yeah. got to tame our tongue. You know, I think we also just need to recognize that, that if we're going to limit stress in our lives, especially during this time of pandemic and virus, you know, we need to, to limit the grudges that we hold on to. Uh-huh. We need to limit holding on to bitterness. Somebody once said bitterness is unfulfilled revenge. You know, uh, wow. somebody once said, S.I. McMillan said, the moment I begin to hate another man, I become his slave. I'll never escape his That's tyrannical true, grasp yeah. on my wow. mind. Wow. You know, and here, here's the deal, Brother Jack. We're talking about how to limit stress during coronavirus. Many times we tether ourselves to stress because we refused to forgive. Mm-hmm. And all of us are yeah. tempted not yeah. to. All of us have and, been And hurt. the thing about it is it's two people living in the same house going, going, coming and going every day. All of a sudden they're not going and coming anymore. They're forced to live together. And, and whatever was there, you can't just put it aside. You can't sweep it yeah, under the rug. Yeah. It's so, a lumpy rug. Right. <laughs> so now this is where a lot of it has, has come out because of that. And a lot of times it'll cause people to go into depression. 
Yeah. And of course, depression has its own uh, vulnerabilities. When when you start getting depressed, then you, sometimes you just don't want to do anything. Well, you can only you know you can only repress negative emotions inside yourself for so long until they come out. And sometimes they come out in the form of anger. Right. Sometimes they come out in the form of depression. It's kind of like you know most of us have a junk drawer at home, and we just got we just throw stuff we don't know what to do with into that drawer. But at some point in time, you're going to throw something in the drawer and close it, and it's not going to close. Right. Because it's got so much stuff. So in now it. you got to either get a new junk drawer or you got to deal with that junk drawer. That's the way it is with emotions and yeah. relationships, and and you know, you know there've been people, Pastor Jack. I've had a hard time forgiving. And there was a time when I used to think that forgiveness meant just say, well, I forgive him. Uh-huh. But it's a lot more than that. It's tearing up the IOUs. It's saying, you owe me nothing. Right. And when I fully forgive, it means I pray that this person never gets found out what they've done. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless them. And I want you to forgive them even as you've forgiven me in Christ. Wow. I release them. I let them off yeah. the hook in Jesus' name. But see, we create a lot of stress for ourselves because we get bitter. You know, I've never seen a time in America where there's so many offended people. Mm. <laughs> really? <laughs> Jesus said in That's Matthew true. 24, yeah. he says that in the last days, yeah. offenses will come. Yeah. You know, and there are people who are offended about this, that, and the yeah. other. And, and, and some people have just used the coronavirus to trumpet their own, you know, their own offenses. Yeah. You know, they had them before the virus and they've got them now. One of the things that what you were just talking about there, and what what just came to my mind is that this has to be a spiritual thing. In order to be able to uh, bring yourself to a, a point, to a place where you can set these things aside, that has to be a spiritual thing because the flesh won't do that. All the flesh is going to just pile on. But uh, through the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, that's one of the wonderful things about knowing Christ. But, unfortunately, even as Christians, we don't exercise that. The, the, own, the own ability that we have and the authority we have as uh, a part of his church. that He told us we had the authority. He said, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. But we don't exercise that. And we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do that work of forgiveness, and it's just setting things aside and gaining victory over it. And, and that's a good word to, to, to the believers, but for those who are outside of faith, like you said, <laughs> most miserable. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know whether they would agree with that. Well, you know, Paul said, Paul said in Galatians 5, 6, he says, faith works by love, mm-hmm. okay? And, and whether, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, uh, an old dog knows if you love them, okay? <laughs> Anybody knows if you really love them. Right. And the Bible says God is love. And the only way that I've been able to really love, even my wife, the only way I've been able to overcome selfishness is by the Holy Spirit's work in my heart because he sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. So if, we, if we've got somebody listening who doesn't know the Lord, you know, I just ask them right now, you know, if you died tonight, do you have the assurance that you'd wake up in heaven? And if you don't wow. have that assurance, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can call on the name of the Lord right now right. and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. Right now, I trust the shed blood of Christ as the full payment for all of my sins. Come live in me, Jesus. Come fill me, Holy Spirit. I ask you to be my Lord, my Savior. And watch him unlock That's right. a lot of things that's got a person bound. That's right. And Jesus told us, he said, uh, he said I want to give you the ability to loose and to bind and God has given us the ability to, to speak peace into somebody's life. That's a glorious thing. Let me tell my wonderful audience out there, this is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. And uh, it's, it's good to be here on WTSM 97.9. Brother Terrell Todd is my guest this morning, former pastor, I have to get used to that, of Evangel Assembly of God. He's a man right now that's kind of in transition, saying, God, what's next <laughs> in my life? I want to invite you to church. I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We are in the Crescent Park Plaza there. We're in a storefront, and uh, but we love having visitors. We start at 11.05 on Sunday mornings. You can find us at frcm.us. We're between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue 
we put signs out on Sunday morning. You can find us there. Also, uh, this show will be on podcast if you want to share it with a friend. Show number 991. And um, that way, you can uh, let other people listen to what you've listened to here this morning and what you're going to hear a little bit more of in just a few minutes. We'll remind you to join me Monday through Friday on 94.1 for the daily broadcast. It's a gospel on the radio broadcast, a daily teaching of the word. And then on Saturday nights at 7 o'clock on 94.1, the Saturday night gospel sing a full hour of great Southern gospel music. And also my friends, uh, AAA Heating and Air, they've been helping me do this show since I started way back in 2002. And uh, they do good work. 893-9566. Give them a call if you need a new unit or get the old one repaired. They are the guys to call. Brother Terrell Todd is my guest. Back on the show, uh, nine years, if I figure that right. Yeah, this is 2020. And uh, you were here on January 14th, 2011. You keep great records. <laughs> well, you filled this out for me, and I just wrote down here 11 or 1020, so I'll know how, well, the next time that you were here. Yeah. And maybe it won't be so long this time. But uh, Brother Todd has made a transition He's, he just recently from uh, being uh, the, the uh, lead pastor at Evangelist Temple of God. And he's in that time in his life, and he's saying, God, what's next for me? And, uh, but we've been to spend a little bit of time just talking about this pandemic. And uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, we're, we're seeing progress. I, th- I believe we are. They're, they're talking about a, a vaccine. And, uh, of course, when the, when the president was ill with uh, COVID, they put him on some uh, high-powered medicines that evidently was very successful for him because I heard him on the radio, and he would talk about he was uh, having a tough time there for a little bit. It was uh, affecting his oxygen levels. And, um, of course, we all saw this. Well, I didn't see it, but I heard about it on the radio where, where he came out to the helicopter and got in and just kind of waved. And he, he just didn't seem himself. And, uh, of course, then if you're like me, I, I prayed for him that weekend, and I would pray for any president. It's not just because it was him. I always pray for the president, whether I agree with him politically or not. That's what I do. And so I, I prayed for him and uh, kept asking my wife, I said, have you heard anything about the president over that whole weekend? Because I was very concerned. But he talks about this uh, medicine that he took. I think, I think it's called uh, Generod. Is that right? I, you know, I, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I associate it with the uh, the. Uh, the compressors that come on whenever your power goes to Generac. That's okay. So I think it's Generod. I think it's the name of it. Okay. Anyway, very promising. And he's saying that it's a cure. <laughs> That's pretty bold. Well, it, it's very bold. I, I pray that it is. I pray that it is. This is a, uh, this is a, a, a it's a, very, very difficult. Yeah, because it's affecting so many things. Yeah. And I'm like you. I'm glad that the sports went ahead and, and uh, did what they did. Started with the NBA, where they did the bubble, which seemed to be very uh, effective. I don't think they had any problems at all. And then baseball started, and uh, people weren't taking it very serious, but they got serious. And, and now they're in the well. They start the World Series on Tuesday, which this is going to air on Sunday. So we've already that's already happened by the time this airs. And then uh, the football, college football has taken up and uh, the ACC and the SEC and this seems to be there's been some cases yeah. uh, I know that I just heard the Florida Gators had uh, what 19 and and their coach and the coach and okay. the coach too and of course Florida State's coach had it I think we've right. had some uh, football players but we're, we seem to be getting through it because uh, the young people seem to be uh, handling it better, a bit more resilient than 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 folks that are a little older, right? Especially those that have pre-existing conditions. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah. uh, even a young person who has, has some type of condition, it can be very dangerous for them. And then we've also had schools take back up. And I heard today, I heard Governor DeSantis on the radio today. He said, if if, if hindsight, if he looked back on it, he said he would never recommend shutting the schools down again. That's what he says he's learned from the experience. Uh, my daughter, I have, uh, well, we have uh, six uh, little girls, <laughs> grandchildren, and uh, I think five of them are in public school. And my daughter asked me, and she's a, a rest nurse, she said, Daddy, if it was you, 
would you send the children to school? And I told them, well, based on everything that I've heard, and of course the studies that came out of Europe, they said it doesn't seem to be affecting the children that well. I said, yeah, I'd send my children to school. And she did, and they've been fine. So those are all things that we're learning. <laughs> and it's all trial and error. Sure. You know, we've yeah. got uh, our middle daughter lives in Charlotte, and their kids up there were offered, they're in Union County, North Carolina, and they were offered the opportunity to go to school one day a week and really? then to be at home four days a week. Okay. And and Catherine and her, and her husband Byron looked at it and said, you know, we think we're going to homeschool this year, okay, because it's just we don't think it's going to be conducive to learning, right? You know, and I'm glad it's it's more relaxed here yeah. in Florida. Yeah, it's it's it's. But now a word, you, this is your daughter. This is our middle daughter. Middle right. daughter. Now, is her and her husband working outside jobs? They do, and yes. uh, so it's they're working very hard. They're using the Abeka curriculum, and it's created its own set of stresses. Uh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm asking, how old are the children? Uh, nine and eleven. So who who's supervising them? Uh, Catherine does, and then she she has uh, they bring in other tutors and they bring okay. in other people, right, right, to help with it. So, so they're having to pay somebody to come in and watch. Yeah. And of course, some people can afford that, some cannot. Um, and that's a whole. You talk about things that we learn as we go. I mean, this whole thing about uh, what they're doing—they've learned so much, even about that. And I, I have some children in my in my church that have uh, have done this. Some of them are positive about it. Some of them are not. And I think yeah. it has a lot to do. with personal motivation <laughs> it does well and i think abilities too uh-huh you know giftedness right uh i mean i think some parents are probably uh, a little better at being teachers than others and and honestly brother jack i think the ability to teach your own children you might be able to teach somebody else's child <laughs> that's a new dynamic personality complex sure, and sure. Uh, that kind of thing right right yeah well like i said these are all things that, that we learn as we go and uh Something else that I heard, uh, again, on talk radio or somewhere, that as a result of this, this has also helped them in the cancer research. That's a lot of things that they they found. Wow, I didn't know that. I had not heard that either. But they said that a lot of things that they, they're they having to deal with and trying to break down the DNA of, of this uh, virus and things has actually been beneficial to the uh, cancer research. And uh, it's just like, You've heard the old expression that medicine advances during wartime. You know, you don't like to think about that. But a lot of times when you have lots and lots and lots of people being wounded in battle. I've never heard that before. Never. No. No, that, that's, that's the advancement of medicine can be chronicled through the wars. The things that they've had to learn because of war. Wow. Uh, anesthesia was a result of the Civil War. And so, uh, so in other words, this is a bad thing. But it also can have some things that that can have some rays of light through it. You know, and I think it also comes back to your frame of mind. I, I want to find good things. Well, I, I think I think you're right in that, and I think you know you look back at at the uh, at 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 the Spanish influenza of a hundred years ago, right? And you know, it seems that people just kind of got tired of being cooped up and. And I know they even stopped the churches in Tallahassee for a while, but people said, hey, we're not going to live like this. And they got out, and they weren't nearly sophisticated, didn't have the internet, didn't have the communication tools that we have or the medical breakthroughs we do. But uh, apparently, people developed an immunity. And the interesting thing about it is that until this came up, I'd never heard of that. In other words, they survived and they they moved on, didn't they? <laughs> and and you know, one of the things that I've enjoyed studying is, is, is I don't enjoy studying the about the plagues of history, but when you do study about the plagues that came in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh uh, s- centuries, particularly in in the Roman world. You'll find that people of means and affluence, man, they took off as soon as there was a, a <laughs> epidemic or pandemic. They took off, but it was the Christians who stayed behind and nursed 
They're hurting. Wow. And, you wow. know, Brother Jack, sometimes those Christians died. Sure. But more than not, they were believing God for healing, and they lived, and that became a witness. I, I, I know that Constantine legalized Christianity, but it was really, it was the actions of the Christians, because they created the first hospitals. They created sure. the first clinics. They created the, 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 the first convalescent centers. And it was believers doing this, and and you know I realize it's it, today hospitals are many are for profit and 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 you know you don't see m- many vestiges of faith involved, but it all started out of Christianity, yeah. and that's what propelled Christianity forward in the in the European world. Some of the great hospitals that we have today are, are faith based. That's exactly uh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I know Pensacola has two: the, the Baptist Hospital and the Sacred Heart. Both well, and I think Jacksonville the same way. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the Bible says that love never fails, and there's a lot of things that fail, and there are a lot of angry people during this pandemic. And but you know, our anger can create stress itself. Yeah, but love—if if we really will walk in love, you know—I I was looking at, at 1 Corinthians thirteen, and I'm sure you've preached on this passage many oh, yeah. times. But you know, where, where Paul says, uh, "Love suffers long and is kind." I, I like to—I pray this, and I put my own name in there where it says "love," and I'll just say, "Terrell suffers long and is kind." My wife really likes me to do that. <laughs> and I'll say, Terrell does not envy, and Terrell does not parade itself, and Terrell is not puffed up, and Terrell does not behave rudely, and does not seek his own, and is not provoked, and thinks no evil. You know, the Amplified Bible says, love does not consider a wrong suffered. Wow. You know, think about that. I like that. that, yeah. You know, and I need to say, the love of God and Terrell Todd does not consider a wrong suffered. Uh it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And I think if we're going to minimize the stress and just maximize peace of mind in the middle of a pandemic, you know, you got to walk in love. And you can't do that. It's not just goodwill. It's not Philadelphia brotherly love here. It's agape. It's Christ-like love that only comes from having a relationship with God through Christ and asking the Holy Spirit to shed the love of God abroad wow. inside you. What a good word. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, to a person who may be uh, shut in, I'm talking about shut in, uh, was they, they have no family and, and uh, they're afraid to go out. And this is what I, it, it, it amazes me because like I've, I told you before, uh, during this whole thing, because I'm a businessman, I've been out. I've, I've not shut up at all because because I've just been going. But then I, occasionally I come across people, and literally since about January or February, they've just been shut up in their home, and and, and I'm just I'm stunned by it. And well, could I make a recommendation of this people? Sure. At the very least, go to the kennel, go to the pound, adopt a puppy or a kitten, yeah. you need somebody right. who will crawl up in your lap. You need somebody that will respond to your love. You need to give love and you need to receive love. You also need to get on the phone. If you're afraid to get out and talk to people, you need to be on the phone with your friends. The Bible says if you want to have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. Yeah, but unfortunately, these people that I've met, they have become so entrenched in their fear it's it's uh, it's staggering to me and to me it's it's dangerous but the other thing too is because now you're so isolated from everybody that if you you become more vulnerable in in my thoughts that uh, because you have not had any exposure at all now and uh, unfortunately and I've, I've I know of a man who he very much isolated and then uh, somehow or another, it got into his home, and he's gone now. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, because he, he, his family told me, he, said, he didn't go anywhere. But somehow or another, he, he contacted it. Well, well let's, let's, let's encourage your listeners, Brother Jack, to learn to practice gratitude. Every single one of us mm-hmm. can find something that we're grateful for. You know, I remember going through an especially difficult season of my life, and somebody suggested, they said, Terrell, before you get out of bed, why don't you identify at least 10 to 15 things that you can say, Jesus, thank you for this. Thank you for that. 
And you know, Brother Jack, I started doing that, mm -hmm. and it changed my perspective. Yeah. Again, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It got my thinking yeah. off myself and on all the things. And it's that renewing of the mind that you talked about in, in Romans chapter 12. That's right. And, and being transformed. He says, That's being, right. being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. So what you're talking about here is that you're, you're training yourself to think positive. That's to right. think of, of positive things instead of negative things, because un unfortunately, uh, people who are who are isolated, that's all they're hearing. And they're, they're they're hearing it on the on the radio or television. They're just constantly fear is just being put into their heart, and their and their heart is just being gripped by the fear. And as I said earlier, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. That's right. And uh, and perfect love cast out yeah, fear. Yeah. Because so, fear has torment. So uh, the thing is, is uh, Brother Terrell's word to you just, just now, says begin to think about things that are positive. That, that God will give you the ability to do that. He'll, he'll enhance that in your mind. I think it's the best medicine, honestly, yeah, to practice it really gratitude. is. It really is. And, and do this. <laughs> Uh, allow God to begin to speak to you peace and security because um, you, we, we, like, like you said we, it, it can't go on forever you, you can't live in your house forever <laughs> I, I, at least I couldn't anyway but to me the, the ability to be able to be out in the world or be around, around the public these are all a part of living to me and, and you know Brother Jack I don't know how we're doing on time but there's at least one more thing that I think is important that we do. And that's we need to laugh. We need to <laughs> laugh. The Bible says a merry heart does, does good it like does. a medicine. We need to find, yeah. you know, you need to find a good, clean joke book. You yeah. need to find, go find a good, clean television program. Go, go, go find a funny movie. Yeah. You know, laugh. Yeah, uh, the other night I flipped onto America's uh, Funniest Video and they were showing these goats. <laughs> Just get that. Just watch the goats. Yeah. They, they keep it. Or come to my house and watch my donkey. I, I tell my donkey, I say, he has two purposes in life. One is to uh, be in my live nativity and two, to keep me entertained. And he's a good entertainer. That's great. That's great. <laughs> it really is. I tell you what, it's, it's fun to have you here, Brother Terrell. I've enjoyed our conversation. I do want to pray for you okay. as God has done this transition in your life. That God will just begin to show you things. And, and I know you will. You're, you're too young and too vital. <laughs> You've still got a lot of miles to give to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I just thank God for that. Our Father, we do thank, thank you today Jesus. that uh, we've had this opportunity to have this conversation today. And I pray, Father, for Brother Terrell and for his wife and, Lord, his direction in, in his life. It'll be exciting to hear what, what God has for him to do in the, the years that you'll, you'll give him here on this earth. Bless him, Father God. Bless the uh, church evangelist assembly and their transition with a new pastor, new leadership. Help them, Father God. And Lord God, we do pray for those who, who may be shut in, that they're just gripped with fear. Father, give them a heart of joy, as Brother Terrell has said. And help them, Father, to see that that uh, just because uh, the, what the media tells them isn't always the way it is. And Father, I pray for America. I pray, God, that you would help us to be the nation that you've called us to be. And Father God, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Tyrell, come. thanks for coming to what be on the show. What a privilege. What a privilege to be with you. Thank Until you. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.